Hello, welcome to our podcast. Hi, it's Jen. Hi, it's Tim. All right, on today's podcast, we decided to take a heavy hitting topic. Uh, it kind of works out very appropriately on this stormy Sunday. Uh, social media and the impact on relationships. Uh, Jen and I have been having conversations pretty much <laughs> since we've been together. Some pretty deep you know, conversations this morning. Yeah, very deep ones this morning. Um, and trying to figure out a pathway to go as to, you know, where to start, where to begin, and how to talk about it. You know, and one of the, the things that we keep coming up with is that there is so many wonderful things about social media. Um, and in the, the converse aspect is there's so many bad things. Um, and, and it is like anything. It's relationships, interactions. It's how you look at it, how you go about it, and the decisions that you make. Listen, food is vital to survive. But there's good food, there's bad food, and there's in between. And it's, it's kind of what you put into your body. Yeah, it's a very and, good point. I was thinking pretty similarly, like, you know, that there's light and dark. Yeah. There's good and bad in everything. Yeah. You know, and finding that balance is, is probably the key, you know, to yeah. using it for what's best for your own self. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the key points with why we do this podcast is a lot of it starts from inside, you know, how you look at things. Um, But there are external impacts from social media that can turn that light in you into darkness. Um, And we really need to, you know, take a look at a lot of different things, you know, going on the positive sides of you know social media we live in a very diverse world there's so much out there to see and listen plain and simple we can't go to europe right now we have (laughs) jobs we have you know so much going on but in social media we get to see right now here today not you know in print we get to see the images the videos of different things that we would like to see the the nature the yeah i was gonna say for me um you know, as soon as you had mentioned that, I started to think about all of the different animals and the different birds because, yeah. you know, I, I am a birder and I love hmm. birding. And, you know, to see that all around the world, the different birds, it's so interesting to me. Yeah. I love seeing the birds that look just like our birds, but with the littlest bit of difference and yeah. a different name and, you know, different behaviors, but similar behaviors. It's so interesting to me. Yeah. And that is definitely one of the positives that I have definitely taken from social media. And I try to, you know, um, I try to gear, you know, what I follow and the things that I see very much so because we yeah. do have tools yeah. to follow and unfollow the things that, you know, we enjoy and, you know, to unfollow the things that we don't, yeah. you know, that bring us um, unhappiness. Or yeah, and that is, that is so important to be able to gauge what we see and what we don't see, you know, our children, what we want them to be able to see or, or not see. Um, and, and it is tough and it, it's not saying that it's a, you know, infringement on the, you know, the first amendment or anything of the such. It's the fact of put it out there so that people can see, but I'm going to gauge what I want to see. 
Um, and sometimes that is that hard part with social media. You know, one of the things we were talking about was the documentary that you watched. I think you said it was around 2014, yeah. where a social media platform without the the knowledge of the people on it, because we sign our rights away, yeah, so to speak, on that, that terms of agreement. Yeah. Um, of usage, you know, where there's a lot of things that they can do as to what they'd like. And they they took 50% of their people and sent them, you know, negative images or negative um, output. And then the other half, they put in a positive and they, they witnessed the difference of what people shared. And the people that saw negative things follow through with negative comments or negative imagery yeah. or why me. And the craziest part was that it continued even after the time period, which I think was about a year that they did it, that they were able to follow it and see that the people that were shown the positive continued the positive for the most part on yeah. average and the people that were shown the negative continued the negative and that's what really got me I just felt like you know we're being manipulated by social yeah. media I mean I think we know it you know we do but the depths of it are pretty crazy you know the manipulation by social media yeah you know, collectively yeah you know in such yeah. in so many ways in so many ways you know, this and, cancel culture being uh, yeah. like the you know the the dark side of it the negative side of it and then just the unrealistic you know idea that everybody has a perfect life and perfect mm. skin and perfect pictures and perfect this perfect relationship um and it's all bullshit and it has really hurt you know hurt us uh quite a bit that's definitely the negative part of it that we're you know, either hyper-focused on this unrealistic idea yeah. that it's so positive and not, you know, taking, you know, the um, the darker side of things, the reality, um, and then, you know, the opposite where it's like a very, um, you know, it, it's just very black or white, you know, and that is what we, what we are fed, Yeah. you know, which is, is horrible to me. I, I feel like it just feeds the immaturity of our society, Yeah. Um, you know, where we're constantly on that hyper-vigilance, you know up or down the extremes which is really not good yeah you know know, we we talk so much about how when we were growing up we're like that last of the the cultures that didn't have we came into social media you know we we started off with in person with you know physical connection and then social media has really taken off dramatically you know to the aspect of you know we see our kids um, mindlessly scrolling through what's out there and it's exactly that they're watching this picture-perfect environment of what this one's going through or what that one's going through but I know you know for me we've had you know plenty of posts and pictures out there of you know beautiful areas that we've seen and the birds and the different experiences but in reality, you know, having the breakdown almost, you know, almost five years ago now, having that breakdown, my life was hell. It was an internal burning flame, but yet I didn't put pictures of that out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I've spoke about it. We're doing the podcast now, yeah. but the imagery that I put out there was, you know, we did five weeks in Texas. Mm-hmm. We did, you know, multiple trips to the Midwest. We did, you know, different things. And it was the images that were put out there were these happy, shining aspects even though there was a burning hell going on so in the reality you know it's it's not 
really what it's all cracked up to be necessarily. And I think that's what happens sometimes with us is that we we see this and that's what we idolize and that's what we want to you know shoot after is that perfect world. Me growing up, the perfect, you know, and I didn't have the perfect world at all, but I had seen an image of what I thought was perfection. Mm. But in reality... If I would have looked at what was in front of me here and now, there is a, you know, I mean, I'm not about to speak about what I should have done, could have, you know, but if I lived in the moment for what it was and dealt with the pain and suffering at the time rather Mm -hmm. than suppressing it and pushing it away and not aspirations of grandeur because that's what I saw and came to the reality of life is happening. Yeah. And there's going to be bad things happening. Yeah. So this is society, right? Like, as you were speaking, I was thinking about our childhoods, like the way we saw the world before social media. Yeah. And, you know, what we gauged our unhappiness on, two of us growing up poor. And we've spoken about this before. So it's a totally different experience when you, you know, when you grow up poor. Um, and you look around at the world and we both grew up in neighboring towns, neighboring districts that, you know, had a very, um, what do you call it? You know, very, either very poor or quite, quite yeah, rich, a right? very diverse. Yes. Yeah, so, um, economically diverse. So we would see the way the other side lived in yeah. an extreme and yeah. that was what we gauged are what we wanted, right? Something better, something, something calm, something, you know, a little bit more carefree, something where we didn't have to wear, you know, the same outfits or, you know, we could go to the store and, you know, buy clothes, which was for us, you know, very rare. Um, unless it was hand me down or, you know, um, and those things really, that is how we, you know, felt, bad now when we think about social media in today's you know yeah um where you know our children you know grew up in a time where they didn't you know they could see it you know in more of an extreme reality the way we were speaking where you're only seeing the really good the really perfect part of somebody's life and thinking that that's real so that feeling that you get you know, that real negative feeling that you get that you you aren't there, you can't have it or what you want. Yeah. I can see how this younger gen- generation is really, you know, riddled with more depression, more anxiety yeah. um, for a multitude of reasons. This isn't the only one. Obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We have tons and tons of generational trauma coming down the line. And, you know, that to me, that's always been the biggest thing. Um you know, and collectively, I think this yeah. morning we were talking about how I believe collectively we are so immature Yeah. as a society. Yeah. I can I can really pull back, zoom out, and look at the society that we live in and say, man, we are really immature. So here I am every day doing the work, you know, to, um, to heal from my immature um, parents, you know, parenting me and then being an immature parent myself. And all of that pain that I deal with and really working hard, you know, choosing that path, choosing to do the work to be, you know, to become mature um, and self-parenting, parenting myself now as an adult, you know, and then, um, you know, looking around and saying, man, this society is is all about that. You know, society does not help us become mature. 
You know, yeah. we are not set up as a mature society. We're really, really an immature society. And the media is so manipulative. Oh, man. You know, Absolutely. And manipulates us so much so. And this is, you know, we get it a lot less than I would think, you know, um, most people who do mainstream where, you know, you and I made this decision, what, about nine years ago or so now? I can't believe yeah. it. Where we were, yeah. we were going to get rid of cable TV. And I remember being petrified because I remember yeah. thinking I couldn't go a day without TV. I wouldn't have even stayed at a, you know, it wasn't like Airbnb was back then, but like wouldn't have stayed at a hotel that didn't have a TV. That TV needed to be on all the time. Yeah. It to be live TV yeah. and you need to scroll through. And I still have, you know, friends who cannot get away from that. Actually, my, you know, one of my closest friends that just pulled the plug and I'm so proud of her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but petrified and we've had so many talks like, no, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. But just the thought of not scrolling through with that remote. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the media manipulates us so much. They, they really control the agendas, you know, and if you just yeah. want to poke through and put some documentaries on, um, on what media does and, you know, it's really happening. I mean, if you yeah. re- if you can see it and you can believe it, go, yeah, we're being made but like, look it up, watch some documentaries, hear what's actually going on. I mean, there's actual names attached, you know, to our, our country, yeah. because that is what I know, of course, most about, and I'm here and living through it, that are, you know, pulling the strings and manipulating and have that type of power um, over us. And it's, to me, it's, it's just sickening. Yeah. You know, so you and I stepping away from that mainstream and not having cable, not watching news. I mean, we haven't watched news in all these years. No. You know, we don't, we don't participate at all. We don't have commercials at all, which another thing is such a manipulation. Uh, we're manipulated from the time we, you know, are sitting in front of a TV, you know, probably an infant when our parents are watching TV and we're just sitting there taking in that noise. Yeah. You know, those voices, that's all ads. They're all manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. They're all manipulation. So we're being manipulated pretty much from boo. Yeah. <laughs> and the more you participate in it, you know, the more you're being manipulated. And I think the harder it is to actually see it because it becomes your normal. Yeah. So yeah. for us, we can see it a little bit more. And there's lots of times that we're in social settings where people are talking about, say, I don't know, main, mainstream stuff. And me and you are kind of just both sitting there like, what? we don't even know who they're talking about. Yeah. Like we don't understand any of it. We don't do any reality TV. Um, you know, we don't do any of that stuff. So our perspective, you know, is sometimes so different. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying better. No, no, I'm no, just no, saying no. different. It's very, very different. And I would never go be able to go back, you know, yeah. um, to the way we did it before. It's, it's so huge. You know, one of the other things that we were talking about stemming right off of this is, is the fact of, you know, we've done a lot of travels. Um, when you and I were growing up, our interactions with people, with things were hands-on. We were face-to-face, we would touch, we could mm-hmm. see. Um, then we got into you know, social media and TV and we're basing our judgments, our feelings, our emotions on what's being fed to us. Then we make the decision, okay, you wanna what? We're gonna opt out. We're gonna get outdoors, we're gonna get rid of social media. You know, We're gonna get rid of um, news programs. And I, I will have to say, the times that we've gone to different places, and the news is on because that's you know TV whether it be getting our nails done know, or something like that. And I'm like, oh my god, this is exactly like, why, why we got rid of it. Yeah. But in our travels, 
we have seen things and read things that are there, that are real, that are happening at this very moment where the media portrays a certain perspective. And and I'm just going to say it. We did. I wonder the, if you're going to talk about exactly what I'm saying. Absolutely. Thinking. It was Texas. We went down to the border. The, the border. We That's went exactly from Big Bend all yeah. the way to the Gulf of Mexico. And not to, not to mention the other times that we've spent weeks and months down Arizona, there. Arizona, California. To, from California. Yeah. From, you know, all the way yeah. out, you know, at uh, Cabrillo. Yes. Um, you know, and we've pretty much done the entire border from yeah. that side all the way to South Padre Island, which is the other side of the country. And people will talk to me. And go bah, 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 about the border sometimes, and I, I just cock my head a little bit, and I just listen, and I don't, yeah. and it's like I don't even bother inserting things sometimes because these people are talking about what they strongly believe to be the truth because they're seeing it on TV, yeah, or they're reading it in the newspaper yeah. that they trust, and it's like I, I sometimes will if I feel like there's you know an opportunity or or a chance that the other person can meet me where I'm at and say. I've been to all of these places. I've been there. I've been yeah. on the border. I've actually been, I've had many interactions with Border Patrol. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> we've had, it's from both. Many over the years um, and been right there. And it's not saying that I know more. I don't no. want to say it at all. It's just that I experience it different than these people who've never left their yeah. living room. Um, and in their minds, what they tell me is so strong and it's their truth. They tell it yeah. to me as if they're expecting me to believe it and it's not that I don't want to believe them it's just that it's hard for me to imagine somebody giving me what they think so strongly is truth but yet their only experience is what they're being fed yeah what they're being fed and this is the manipulation that I see constantly and it's not worth it to me sometimes to even get into it with certain people that I don't feel have the room to open their mind to anything else yeah. because sometimes that has happened and yeah. it hasn't been good where you know I've gotten into a little bit of you know confrontation and I don't even think that that it's worth it if I feel that the other person can meet me where I'm at and the person is open-minded enough to hear different information than I yeah. might you know and I have many times in group settings where it's like a therapeutic type of setting where everybody's there to share their feelings and beliefs on things opened up and had people hear me and listen to my story and feel like I got it out in a good way. Um, but besides that, you know, yeah. people really feel strongly what they see on TV as being truth. Yeah. You yeah. know, and there's sometimes when people tell me things, and you probably remember a couple of times at, at holiday dinners with friends and their parents, yeah. right? And they would yeah. give us this information, and you and I would listen, we'd listen to what they say, and then we would say... Where did you hear that? Where did you get that information? And they'd say, it was on TV. Yeah. It was on TV. That was, so I would just shake my hand and go, oh, okay. You know, like that is enough to be the truth for a lot of people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, you go back to, you know, War of the Worlds when the radio was the social media of the time. And it was just a skit, a story that somebody was reading and they put so much truth into it and people actually started to believe that these aliens were coming down and taking over the world, the amount of 911 calls. Now you throw, you know, graphs and charts and images onto a TV screen by someone that you're supposed to be trusting and it becomes fact. It becomes reality. 
But without that social interaction, that physical touch of talking to the people Seeing that are there. for yourself. You know, I remember, I remember when we were, we were down, it was right outside of one of the, the birding centers and the helicopters were flying over mm. and this woman got pulled into the parking lot and it was two, you know, um, Homeland Security vehicles and she had an out taillight. And yeah. they, I mean, they grilled oh, this I was, woman first, in the parking I was thinking lot. you were talking about Hidalgo Pump House, but now I know what you're talking about. The the last one um, outside of pa- South Padre Island, and I'm drawing a blank on yeah. it. But I, I know, I know. Um, oh, was, wait. Uh, oh, Rosala de Palma. Rascalco Ris- de yeah, Palma. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I see the letters in yeah. my head, but it's something like that. I know exactly what and you're I'm talking like, about. And I'm like, oh, my God. This, yeah. this woman was who scary. was just out. You know, doing whatever, but it's like immediately, you know. Well, it, she was it, a Spanish woman. Too. Yeah. Well, down there, it's so diverse where yeah. you have half, half. You yeah. Know, it's really, yeah. or maybe we were in the minority in yes. some of the places. So, yeah. you know, people up here are like, oh, you know, well, I'm trying to come in because they look different or they speak different. It's like, that's their land. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. Americans, if you want to call it, you know, they're citizens of here and their families sometimes are literally they're yelling over the border right yeah. on the other side, you know, yeah. where they're they've been, you know, living this way for generations and generations. And there was plenty of places, whether you guys want to believe it or not, some people that tell me very strongly that that's not the truth. But Tim and I were there watching it. We just took little boats back and forth. Yeah. That the community was on one side of the yeah. Rio Grande, and you know the the Spanish community was on one side, and yeah. you know the other, you know, our the United States, you know, on our side was the other community and you know there was there was no border patrol presence yeah. in these areas you know this has been going on forever but um but nobody wants to believe that no no <laughs> we and just want to believe that where the walls are being built yeah. you know the ridiculousness and the chaos and the nonsense of that with the helicopters and what it looks like is to be the truth but that's not the truth no and, and it's you know truth. and not about to say that there isn't bad that takes place because there is bad across the board things happen yeah but it's the fear mongering that you know that really is is the part We're that put people into a spot of yeah. being afraid. It's not the truth. What they're pumping out there, what they're saying is not the truth. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and it's it's that, that part of actually getting in touch with humans. So like you were talking about earlier, you know, there's certain terminology like the keyboard warrior. Mm. You know, people have big minds and big thoughts when they're behind the keyboard and they're not face to face with somebody and they can just throw words out there that don't necessarily um, at that moment seem like there's an impact. But you, you take a look at like um, um, some of the lawsuits and things that have taken place where people have taken their lives due to the bullying that takes place on social media and now people are being held accountable for that. You know, words hurt people can really do damage when they throw erroneous information out yeah. there or painful words yeah. because they're hurting inside yeah the cruelty to me is what gets me the most yeah. you know it really really hurts me you know sometimes i sit with it a little bit and i see it and i try to feel it and i just think i can't believe the cruelty and this is and let's just you know talk keep it to this country right now what's going on here we're very um, we're very black or white yeah. right now, you know. Um, I'm not on either side. I'm yeah. not on the black side or the white side or the blue side or the red side or whatever you want to call it. 
um, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm out of it. I'm an independent thinker and I can, I can look yeah. at it all, but it's, it saddens me immensely because I can see the cruelty coming from both sides. And basically both sides are always just throwing that cruelty back and forth. Like, yeah. and it's, they're doing the same exact thing. Yeah. You know, both sides, it's just, you, you're all cruel. Yeah. Cause you're all in the same group. Yeah. So you might as well just get together <laughs> yeah. yeah, because you're yeah. all just so cruel. Yeah. Um, either side. Yeah. Just that cruelty is and very is, hard for me to see. That, that is, is not what hard. I believe as a as a as a human being that we're yeah. supposed to be doing. You know, if you don't believe in something, if you think, you know, that something is wrong, yeah, absolutely. There's plenty of things that you can do. But if you take that hatred, you take that pain, you take that cruelty and you throw it back, you're doing the same exact thing. You're doing literally no good. You know? I think there's, you know, there's such a uh a thought process behind it of having to be right. And I think it's very important that we really take a closer look at what our intent is. And I think collectively, we, we really need to look at each other and really lift up rather than break down. Yeah. Um, and I think there's so many barriers now because of the social media aspect, because it's not a tangible, yeah. it's not skin, it's not eyes, it's not a hand holding. It's just a, a facade. It's a fakeness that's out there that really has, so to speak, no consequences. And we're not even like discussing the AI t- technology oh, that man. has just come out and we'll probably have to do a future podcast on it because it's so intense and yeah. Tim and I have been, uh, doing the um tiktok filters the ai filters lately and it's fun we do it just to unwind and we laugh until our stomachs hurt and you know it's really good and we're using it as fun but it's also scary when you think about the grand scheme of it you know one of the things that i was thinking about with the ai is that you know i love nature photography you know it's a it's a hobby of mine that gives me you know a, a feeling that i feel um that i'm good at it you know something that i really enjoy so much and um, it's scary to me to think that, that how do we do that as an artist, as somebody who wants to, um, you know, use their work, you know, to the realness of what I'm seeing. Yeah. You know, and I really, you know, don't use a lot of the, like, le- you know, Lightroom and, you know, I have the before, filters, the filters and, and stuff. I'm really, me specifically, am very into that. I think I used to call it wild and handheld, you know, where it was all just real, me being out in the world and capturing what I saw, you know, whether it be, you know, birds, animals, scene, you know, the sun, the shadows, the colors of the world. And, um, you know, that's been something that I love so much. And I think, how does somebody do that? you know, with, with AI now coming at us with a blast and, you know, also the filters, like we think it's adorable that we put these little filters. Ooh, look at you, you're tattooed. Ooh, look at you, you're Barbie. Ooh, look at you, you're eighties, you know, this and that. And it's, it's, it's adorable. Right. But it's making us look perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that is what some of them, most of them, you know, and I think what people are going to gravitate towards, I mean, of course, there's all these funny ones and make us into a dog and, you know, all those weird faces too, which is, you know, which is also funny. But that part for me, I know that there's going to be a big shift and change in our world, you know, because of that. Um, All right. So the the last thing I want to talk about real quick before we take a break and then we'll see where it leads us is uh, um, 
you know, getting to the to the fact that you and I met on social media. Yeah. You know, I don't think yeah. we've talked about this in any of the podcast. Have we? Have we ever brought that up? I, we might have broached up, but I don't think. <laughs> I don't think we really discussed it. Well, we're talking about social media it. now, yeah, so no, I just felt like I needed to be really transparent. You know, we're talking about the goods and bads of social media, and I know, um, you know, some of my single friends, you know, are using, you know, dating websites. Yeah. You know, these are apps and, you know, social media, you know, to meet people. Um, it makes me so uncomfortable when I think about that. You know, yeah. we didn't meet on a dating website. I've never been on a dating website. Thank God I missed that in my life. I mean, I just cringe at the thought of having to do things like that. It's just scary yeah. to me, you know, because um, I'm so shy in that way. But we met on Facebook. Yeah. You know, that yeah. is how we met. Um, you know, it was November 15th, 2011. Yeah. And that was our first transmission um, where I had reached out to you and asked you to help me um, co-administer a page, a local page, because we lived in the same the same town. Um, and you wrote me back and, you know, all this stuff. And I said, you have me at hello and thanks so much. <laughs> I really need the help. And I was looking for a dad. Um, and that's how it started. Yeah. And then two years from that date is we got married. Yeah. Two yeah. years from that date. So... Um, you know, so social media can bring people together. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a lot of good, um, you know, I don't know. There, there's so much to say about social media, but maybe in the second half of this podcast, we can talk about maybe how it's affected us personally. Yeah. You know, maybe we can get yeah. into some of that. I would love that. I love that. And when we, we come back, we'll get into, you know, some of the positives because we don't want to discuss just the negatives yeah. because it, you know, there is there's, so many wonderful so many things to it. So many positives. Um, you know, like I was, I was reading a John Steinbeck book is uh, travels with Charlie through, uh, through America and he, it was back in the 60s and he was talking about how he was reading. He had all these uh, encyclopedias with him about, <laughs> you know, American road tripping so that yeah, he can get ideas about where to we go, go, you know. Yep. And then I think about Jen and I now, when we do our travels, we pull up maps on our phone. We pull out, you know, yeah. road trippers I and different things. I can seriously have a five-week road trip done in probably less than a couple of hours. Yeah, and completely filled with one section to the yep. next and knowing full and well. And plot it out. And we're going to see so much more along the way, but yeah. you know, really have it set. So yeah. no, but I think that would be good to to get into how it's impacted us, you know, individually. Yeah, in our personal lives, and, and, think, and even in our relationship. I mean, being the fact that we met on Facebook and now don't participate in Facebook at all. I don't yeah. even have an account anymore, yeah. and even just the thought of it makes me cringe. Yeah, you know, um, I don't like to say never, but I do feel right now that I would never go back to Facebook. Like yeah. I have such. And I guess it could be considered a PTSD. I mean, sure, just how sure. much it affected me and how much I still, like, I get like a like a shaking almost inside my yeah. body. I don't even go on your Facebook. Yeah. Even when you've asked me to look for something, I'm yeah. like, oh, no. Like, I don't even want to see it. Yeah. I don't even like when, like, I go to look up a company and their website is on Facebook. I start uh, to feel a little shaky. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to pull it up on the screen because it's it's that, like, it's, it's had such a, a negative impact on me. Yeah. You know? And I can totally understand that. I think we'll we'll delve deeper into that right after the break. Yeah, be right back. Hi, welcome back. Um, so I really want to get into some of the uh, the goods and bads for me personally with social media, you know, and how it has really affected me and my relationships. Um, and before I want to, you know, before I get into the good, which there really is a lot of good, I just want to, you know, basically go over why. 
um, I'm not on Facebook and why I have this kind of, you know, shaky feeling, um, and really feel like I would never go back on Facebook because it is a little bit of a complex cake. Um, you know, so Facebook came out when we were adults, you know, um, so the younger generation doesn't know anything different. It's always been there. Um, but when Facebook came out, people started talking about it and I didn't jump on the bandwagon right away. Honestly, I, you know, heard about it. I remember, um, my best friend at the time's husband telling me a lot about it and I really didn't have any interest. I was like, what, what do you know? No, that, that is ridiculous. You know, like I just didn't, it didn't compute with my brain. You know, and you have to understand that this was something totally new for us. Like now it's been around, now it's ingrained, now it's become normal. But at that time, and it wasn't that long ago, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, it was not normal. There was nothing like it. Um, you know, I think before that AOL, you know, which we kind of, you know, I don't know who would remember AOL because it's not been around for a long time, but that was kind of, you know, something that we had to compare, but it was nothing like Facebook. And for me, the only thing that I could say that was similar and was like my introduction into what social media was, was spark people, you know, which was a website, um, that I used to go on to from AOL and, you know, on that website, I learned about food. It was, you know, the story is pretty good. It was, it was a guy who wanted to give, you know, this information for free, he got himself healthy, and then started this website for people to get healthy too. And I really learned so much. I was so grateful for it. Um, I was such a believer in it. I used to, I, I won a shirt one time from like one, you know, you go on in the morning and you spin a wheel and it was like, win a shirt. And they, they sent me a Spark People shirt and I used to wear that shirt all the time. And people were like, what's Spark People? I'd be like, oh, it's this great website that, you know, you learn about food. And it's totally free. And, you know, but so that was my only um, interaction like that where I could go, I would sign in, I'd go on, I had a profile. Um, I don't know that we had pictures back then. I don't really remember, but you know, it was just every day I would go on every day. I would learn, you know, some information about food. And that was so helpful to me in my life. Um, and, and there was a function at some point, I don't know if it started that way, but that you could talk to other users. And I remember meeting a couple of people, you know, all around the country, all around the world, you know, whoever had access to spark people at that time. And that was my first kind of like interaction and what that was like. Yeah. Socializing with somebody, across the country and not having any idea, you know, who they were, who I was talking to or, you know, and people could lie and pretend and, you know, but this was just a, a, a website that you learned how to, you know, eat and cook and, you know, yeah. be healthy. So it was a very positive interaction for me. Um, and I've used it quite a bit actually since then it became an app. I don't really use it so much anymore, although I probably should, (laughs) but I learned so much. I learned about how to read food labels and, you know, um, all the different, you know, percentages of protein versus fats versus, you know, all the different things about, and I really did lose a lot of weight and get healthy, you know, of course getting healthy being the part, um, you know, that was important. So that was kind of my like introduction into, you know, social media. It was this, this website about getting healthy and that is the good. That yeah. is the good. It was a yeah. positive experience, very positive experience. You know, Facebook comes along, I get on there and I very quickly became a fan of Facebook. Of course, having no idea what I was doing. <laughs> oh my God. And I was so immature and so, um, you know, very, still very, uh, 
you know, face first in emotions. And so something would happen and I'd get into a, like a fight with my mother and I'd rate it on my Facebook, yeah, you know, like yeah. having no idea that I was talking to the entire world or talking to everybody, you know, like I did could not see it. know. Yeah. I'd go to other people's walls constantly and post like, you know, people that I hadn't seen since high school and be so excited. Hey, what you doing? And then like spill a whole bunch of stuff, not realizing, you know, you're writing this for everybody to see. And I think, you know, I'm not the only one, Yeah, um, but we yeah. had no idea what this was. This was something that was just so new and you know and I really wasn't settled and you know of course and then I don't I didn't make any like crazy crazy mistakes like I remember some people making and then that would really make me feel uncomfortable like waking up and seeing somebody's boob oh boy on the screen you know because they had a drunken night you know and and there was plenty of things like that and that was definitely upsetting to me being an empathetic person and thinking oh boy I did not I would I don't know how I would go on yeah you know um so even getting past all of that stuff and, you know, just coming, you know, to a place where I could try to stay sort of okay. And then really, like we were saying earlier, just sharing mostly the good, right? You don't want yeah. to share so, such of the bad stuff and, you know, kind of doing that. Um, I think what happened for me and what really got me to the point where I couldn't take Facebook anymore Um, and why I had to back away and why I have such a negative feeling about it is because the enormity of relationships that became, and now I know a lot of people like, oh, I have a thousand friends, I have 2,000 friends, and like being excited about that, right? That wasn't good for me. Yeah. You know, the more and more and more and the larger and larger the Facebook relationships got, the harder it was for me to even function. It overloaded my nervous system on a daily basis. You know, I constantly felt like I had to go on to check what was going on. You know, it was, it just became so overwhelming to me. And then to see every, all the emotions of everybody, everything they had going on, the things that I missed, the, you know, the things that people would take personal. If I, it was just, it was so much, it was so overwhelming. It just really got to me. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing was with my family. You know, I have a very large and dysfunctional family. Um, And what would happen was I would see a lot of my family interacting with each other, sometimes in a positive way, sometimes not. But I wouldn't have the same feeling that they were, like, say I would put up a post and I wouldn't have any of my family's interactions, you know, and I would take this to heart. You know, because then at other times I'd go on and see them showing each other support. Yeah, yeah. And then there was the other side of it where I was, you know, being mad at because I would be contacted by somebody who was fighting with another family member. And very much, very much the way both sides of my family worked, very much my mother's side of the family. You know, I didn't really grow up too much with my father's side of the family, but you needed to pick a side. You needed to pick a side. And if you didn't pick a side, screw you yeah you know you were out cut off uh you were cut off so this was this was not the way i felt that i wanted to live in my life it was it was not the way that i thought was a healthy way it was not the way it was for me it caused me a lot of pain yeah you know and at that time i still wasn't strong enough in self that i was looking for that i was looking for the support and the love so when it wasn't found it really hurt me um you know so i i really I I deactivated my Facebook for a while and didn't think that I was going to um, completely delete it at that point. But after a few months, I would say two, three months of completely being off Facebook, 
my body felt so yeah. much better. And that is when I knew, and it hit me, you, you have to delete your account. Yeah. And I mean, it was a strange feeling. Yeah. <laughs> that finality. I had spent so much time in there. It almost felt like a little piece of me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I shared all of our travels and the fact that we met on there. You know, there was pictures. You know, there was timeline that I know Facebook had put out at some point. I don't know if it's still on there. But there was so much that I thought was good to it, you know, and, and keeping up and, you know, seeing what was going on with people. Um, and it definitely changed my life going off because then I feel like nobody talked to me anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody bothered to get in touch with me. I, I remember in the beginning initially calling people and no one answered their phone. No one wanted to answer their phone. Like no one wanted to talk on the phone. Um, you know, so it was a little bit, it was a little bit strange. Yeah. You know, when I tried different ways of, of interacting to try to, you know, get out of that overload of my nervous system. Um, but I still really enjoy social media. I mean, I love Instagram, you know, of taking the nature pictures. I really feel like that's something that I've enjoyed and there's so much good stuff with it. Mm-hmm. Sharing my own stuff, which has been used in quite a few things when we've traveled in different um, online, you know, social media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that has made me feel really good. Um you know, and, and the interaction, the supporting each other when it's good, you know, I feel like now it's much easier because I'm not looking for the support. I have shown myself the support. I've given myself that love, you know, so it's a lot easier to, to have it and to, you know, accept it when I'm not dependent on it so much, you know, which was so hard. But, um, you know, and then I think the last thing I wanted to say, and the really good thing that I've used with social media and, you know, is, is finding the therapeutic, you know, help. Mm. This is something that is, you know, the major priority of my life is to, uh, to heal and to become a better person, to become, you know, my authentic self and, you know, to heal from my childhood trauma, um, and finding the holistic psychologist on Instagram, you know, you know, quite a few years ago at this point, and she has grown so large and has helped so many people. And it's made me feel so wonderful. And, um, you know, still continuing to follow her and then many others, you yeah. know, that has been such a positive experience and I've come to really depend on that. You know, it's helped me in my everyday life and I really gear my, um, you know, what I see towards that, Yeah. you know, towards the things that make me feel good. Um, I don't have as much social interaction on there, but, um, you know, but what I do see and what I do use is good. It's good for me. I just joined Threads, which is that new sort of Twitter of Instagram, and it seems okay. You know, I think the biggest thing for me is that, you know, you follow things that make you happy. I don't follow any of the extreme stuff. You know, I don't follow any of that stuff. I follow who I like. Um, I follow what I, you know, believe to be helpful to me. Yeah. You know, the content and the information that I believe will be helpful to me. Nothing that's going to be, um, you know, antagonizing me or, you know, causing me some type of negative, you know, but still staying in a, in a reality based place. You know, you can't just have all, you know, rainbows and puppies, you know, you have to be kind of, um, you know, have a little bit of a balance and, you know, you know, go out there and look for the stuff that's going to benefit your life, but also that's going to, you know, keep you grounded and understand that life is full of both yeah light and dark i and think that good and bad and, and we can't just if yeah. we're just doing all the good all the good all the good we're never going to really be sitting we're going to be causing ourselves our own suffering you know yeah. i have come to now understand and appreciate the negative and the bad as yeah. well you know not bring it upon myself not ask for it 
but understand that that's part of life, you know, that suffering is part of life and, and just appreciate it for what I it is. I definitely feel that there is a lack of wholeness when you don't experience or recognize both. Listen, we're not about to say that, you know, life should be full, is full of rainbows and puppies, that there is darkness. But without the darkness, you can't see the light. Without mm-hmm. the light, you know, it, it, it's really important. You know, my, my life with Facebook is, you know, very similar. Of course, you know, you and I met on there. Um, and I, too, witnessed and experienced a lot of the same drunken, you know, posts and it's like, oh my God, it's like, you know, it's like that drunk call at two o'clock in the morning, but you're putting it out on social media so that everybody can see it. Yeah. It's like, ooh, the cringe. The cringe. Um, you know, but I do, I do look at, you know, the, the, the good parts of, of Instagram, but it, you know, it's hard to a degree because it just seems so different um, with Instagram and Facebook. Um, you know, I put the pictures up on Instagram because I want to, you know, witness and, and share my experience. And, you know, you have these people who are paying attention, who gauge their feed to what they want to see, which is wonderful. But, you know, when I witnessed it on Facebook and we did our travels and we documented, it was just strange because, you know, it's not, it, it, it's that, that aspect that people feel that, what I gauged that we were putting things out there to boast or to show you know mm. what we've done. Yeah. Um yeah. we were doing it to experience our love because for the first time in our lives we were experiencing a happiness that a was real in a relationship yeah, that was just I mean immense for us. Yeah. And we wanted to share that. Yeah. And a lot of times what we got was the opposite, you know, people saying, oh my God, do you guys even work or... Or how gross yeah, stick how their gross, finger down yeah. their throat. And it's like, okay, <laughs> um, right. what yeah, do I do was, with this? It was um, very surprising. And most of it was coming from, you know, people that we knew, that we yeah. were closer to. So-called or friends. friendly. Yeah. yeah, that was definitely hard. That was a that was a hard hit for me. Yeah. And I was... did not understand it at all until you said to me, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was asking you a question of your opinion on what I had going on because really my friendships that I had had at the time were, were really all rocky. They yeah. were, you know, they were rocky and I wasn't finding the same experience. And you said, misery loves company. Yeah. And that hit yeah. me so hard. And I still really have used that and kept that close to this day because yeah. I've brought that to other people's attention when they've come to me and say, I just don't understand. This is going on, this is going on, and I'm so happy and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And this, all this stuff is changing. And I'll say, misery loves company. Yeah. Just don't forget that misery loves company. And it's like, because prior to, I was pretty miserable. Yeah. I was pretty yeah. miserable. And misery does love company. So that idea that now I was happy and all those people that were in my life before hadn't seen me in that way, mm-hmm. it affected them. Yeah, because they wanted to relish in the misery and, you know, not that they're, you know, not do anything to change their life. Um, and that is why I was around those people. Yeah. You know, that is what, you know, you hang around with who you are. So that was definitely a hard hit. And then, you know, figuring out, I had to go out and find people that were actually happy. Yeah. Because happiness will like happiness. Exactly. <laughs> happiness wants happiness company. Like me and yeah. you wanted each other's company. We still do all these yeah. years later. And so many people were like, oh, you know, you guys are going to learn to hate each other. Yeah. Honeymoon's going to come to an end and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, yeah, if you base your life 
on if that's you what know, you believe that's what you're gonna yeah. get right and i think you and i had a different idea we were yeah. like you know yeah it's not we knew that it was going to be challenging that we had to work at it and i mean one of the first things that we did when we were together before we even got married is went to re- marriage count went to relationship yep. therapy yeah. together yeah. yeah you know i mean this was something that we had going from the beginning knowing that we both yeah. had such disastrous relationships like no we know we're gonna have to work at it and we're not afraid of that but if we want a happy relationship then we're going to have to figure out and work on making that happen. Yeah. You know, so no, I wasn't going to sit there and agree that someday down the line, you and I were going to hate each other. Um, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to participate in that at all. Yeah. 100%. I felt very strongly that we would be able to be happy um, and stay in that happy place. Yeah. Reality based that there was going to be a lot of challenges, but that I wanted that for yeah. myself, that that's what I wanted, that we were going to bring up triggers in each other, that, you know, we were going to help each other along the way, that we were going to hold each other's pain, that we were going to recreate all of those pains uh, yeah. from our childhood and say, oh, that's what that is. And that was what was happening right away, yeah. you know, when you and I got together. Um, and a lot of things took us by surprise, <laughs> yeah. you know, because yeah. of the enormity of stuff that came up. But I wouldn't want it any other way to. No, no, definitely not. You know, and you you take a look at we kept to our pathway and our pattern. And then, you know, you fast forward getting off of of Facebook, having, you know, the Instagram and and sharing posts and then, you know, taking that next stage, getting to, you know, the breakdown. All right. Um, Here's a situation that took place that was totally unexpected and definitely nothing that I ever thought was going to was even possible. Yeah, like really know? threw that one out. Yeah, us. there was a lot going on. Um, you know, new position, uh, moving, renovations, dealing with family, dealing with past. Me being so sick. You being sick. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's funny how a lot of times you don't say it. And I think it's yeah. because it did scare you the most. Yeah. You know, you don't like to talk about it. You don't like to talk about how sick I was. Yeah. You know, and once again, you know, social media or media as a whole, I did a lot of research when we found out, so to speak, how sick you were yeah. and what was going on. Um, and at the time, first finding all that information out, there was a fear base inside of me of, you know, finally finding somebody who was my soulmate, my yeah. twin flame, which, you know, once again, social media gave me the ability to understand what a lot of that was. <laughs> um, but then coming to the realization that, you know, the, the the finality, the reality of how dangerous what you have going on is and the impact well, I think, too, it's like facing that, you know, fact that no one really likes to face is that we're all fragile beings and that yeah. we're none of us are getting out of here alive. Yeah. You know, none of us are, are you know, um, none of us are promised a tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and loss is really hard. And you and I have had so much loss in our life. And, um, you know, we're still both learning how to process that. Um And I think that's a really hard thing. It's hard to face the fact that somebody's not going to, that might not be there tomorrow. You know, it's really hard to face that. And um, especially when, you know, the way you and I were growing up in an environment where our parents were not able to be emotionally present for us. Yeah. So we're basically abandoned at birth, you know, emotionally. Yeah. And then having to, um, you know, raise ourselves. Yeah. Older on. You know, that fact of not giving, being given or growing up in a true reality you know, that, that fact that, you know, sadness is real. Happiness is real. The two coexist and they need to be recognized. Yeah. 
but when you are you know pushing away all the negative or the unpleasantries and only trying to look at the pleasantries it doesn't make for a sustainable life so hence breakdown and moving forward and I had found you know the podcasts of other you know people whether it be you know men or women who were going through similar things as to what I was going through and it was that vulnerability that people put out there in podcasts that opened my eyes to really seeing what is out there and getting in touch with myself and coming to the realization that you know my day-to-day and this is that hard part you know, my day-to-day environment was not conducive to being open, vulnerable, and free. Yeah. It was more facade, mask, cover-up, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, and that was very hard. But, you know, even still today, it's not that easy for me to discuss mostly you know, my workplace because I have surrounded myself Listen, I got rid of most of the friends that I had. I got rid of family that were, you know, thought processes were a little bit unhealthy or didn't want to change to get get healthier or understand that there's a better way. Um, you know, those... Uh, t- Do you feel like that you did that for yourself so that you could learn a better way? Because, like, when I hear you say that, it's a little bit triggering. It's like, even though we at that time thought that that was necessary, and it was. I mean, that's our journey. You know, I don't really necessarily think that that's the best way to go. No, it's just... You know, like, I'm just saying, like, at this point in my journey, when I look at life, you know, I think that there was uh, a rigidity in that thinking, not that I don't think it was necessary, though. Like, it's so hard for me to really talk about this because I think for me it was very necessary because I was so used to my patterns and yeah. the way. So I, I, how could I unlearn all of that stuff? Because everything, yeah. that was my normal. So for yeah. me coming out the other side of being really rigid and really needing to get, and I hate using this word, but getting rid of everybody yeah. kind of the way you yeah. proposed it. Um, not in the sense that any of those people weren't worthy of my no, time. No, no, Just no. the fact that I couldn't handle it, yes. bringing it back yes. to self, right? So needing to do that for myself, now feeling like, you know, coming, you know, being on the other side of it, thinking we are relational beings and we need yeah. community and yeah. how hard it really is. I'm not saying I have an answer here, no, you know, to no. it. Um, you I, know, I can only take the good out of how, out of how it went, but... Yeah. Going back to what you were saying, you know, do you feel now that you're on the other side of it that there is maybe a different way or... Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like I go back to the fact of, you know, an addict of any sorts who has to go into rehab to detox. You know, the first thing that they tell you when you come out is throw away your phone and get rid of your contacts. Yeah. Because a lot of those people that are in there are the people that you surrounded yourself with, that misery loves company, yeah, yeah. and that you get around it. Yep. And then, you know, no, when you're coming out, use that thought process. you're yeah. not strong enough willpower-wise yes. to fend yeah. off yeah. what they're going to bring to your plate. Yeah. And I think that's that important part. It's not saying that 
anybody's bad or that they're wrong or yeah. you know but it's that fact that i need to build up the strength inside of myself so that i can manage through the emotions and the feelings yes. of the people that i'm going to surround yes. myself with and parenting yourself as an adult is, you man is yes rough. it's very hard it's hard very hard especially when you have it's teaching to, an old dog new tricks yeah <laughs> and it's having children around you that want to continue down the old pathway yeah you know and then taking the responsibility that you actually did that exactly Exactly. Yeah. So getting into the podcast that I listened to, it was very beneficial for me to that recognize. Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. Because where do you begin here? Yeah. I mean, I was trying to find a therapist and it was extremely hard to even find one that was taking new clients or yeah. that was open. And then you get in there and you're like, oh, my God, it's yeah. like. I don't know if this is the right place for me, know. you know, and, and it is scary when you're trying to open up, but I found the podcasts that I was able to listen to, to hear people open yeah. up and be vulnerable. And that's why I feel very good here, yeah. you know, because I'm able to open up and speak my mind. And this is me. Yeah. And if anybody's going to come to this and catch me from work or you know in an environment or family that I or people that I have not associated with and bring it to my plate about what I'm saying or what I'm doing then that just goes to show you what path I took and why I took that path because I need to feel my feelings are my feelings no matter which way you want to put them and I have not felt them for 47 years of my life and I realized what that did to me and it caused me to have a nervous breakdown or emotional breakdown because I didn't care for myself with the way that I needed yeah. to. Now I'm caring for myself the way that I need. I'm putting in healthy food. I'm putting in healthy social media. Mm -hmm. I'm not enveloping, you know, getting down a dark, dirty road of, yeah. you know, the keyboard warriors. I have so much respect for you, Tim, because I can, you know, I look around at the world and I I can just see you are in the minority as a male um, masculine choosing that harder road of being a conscious aware and really looking at your generations above your head and saying you took on a feat yeah you took on a feat you really really did I have so much admiration and Thank respect you. for you and I I'm just that. I'm just just gonna say it right now loud and proud I'm so so honored to be your wife to be on this I with appreciate you. that so much, and yeah. and it is you know your support and your love, once again relationship and healing yeah. childhood trauma, yeah. that support is so key. That loving admiration that you have showed to me to give me the ability to be at my worst, to be in my darkest days, and still be there to say. You're going to make it through this. Yeah. And you're you have given me back that and, every day. And that's fair. That's the way that a relationship should yeah. be. That and give I, and take. Yeah. And I think that this is the key. And so many people ask me, you know, like, how do you and Tim do it? And I want what you have. I mean, this is something I hear more than probably anything else. It takes work. Yeah. It takes work. You know, you yeah. have to be dedicated to it. And it can't just be yeah. one person being dedicated to it. And that's the hardest part. It's two people. Both people need to be dedicated to it. If you're in a relationship where you want this and you bring this to your partner and you say, this is what I want and your partner cannot meet you there, 
then then that's it. Yeah. That is where it ends. You can continue to work on yourself, but you need to accept the fact that your partner doesn't want to meet you there. Yeah. You know, and that's the hardest part because what usually happens and what I see most often is that one part of the partnership wants it and the other part is totally asleep, right? Yeah. And then the one part that wants it actually is the more aggravated part. Yeah. And they get even more hurt and more angry and more negative and more out of their minds as yeah. the time goes on. But why? But why? Because, if, well, you need to accept. Yeah. <laughs> Acceptance yeah. is my word of the year. Acceptance is so vital. You cannot make somebody what they don't want to be. You cannot make somebody change. You know, you need to do it as a team if yeah. you want the relationship to be working and progressing forward. Both people need to be willing. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. Nobody needs to know the answers. <laughs> no, Nobody needs to be no. right or know how to do it. You just need two people that are willing. And that was one of the first things that we talked about when we got together, that we were both willing. Yeah. And we I know, you know back in the beginning, I said, I don't do emotions, you know, but... I will, but I want to. But I want to. I want <laughs> to I learn. But I will try. I will try. You know, <laughs> That's it's it. Like That's all you getting need. Getting in touch with it is is huge, you know, and that goes with any any aspect. You know, we, you know, getting back to the social media context, it's what you want to look for. And, you know, we talk about family members seeing how the, the mindless scrolling. Yeah. And how they're following 10,000 friends or 10,000 people. And it's like, this is that part. It's like, what do you want to do? Willpower is very hard to come by sometimes. And that's where the support is very, very beneficial or detrimental. You know, you want to have somebody who's going to help lift you up and be your be your support and help you see the good and the positive and find the things that are beneficial. But just and mindlessly scrolling through these these things and following the manipulation that takes place yeah, is very hard. You know what I was thinking, and I think this is probably, we're going to end pretty soon, but I think this is probably a good point when, you know, tie up everything we're talking about. You know, with the understanding of the goods and bads of social media and what it can do, how it can affect your life and how it can affect relationships, if you are looking for external validation, you're going to find it on social media and it might not be what you want it to be. You are going to be looking for it in a very manipulative, very immature, collectively immature space. If you can do the work to validate yourself and stand strong in yourself, then you get a completely different experience with social media. And that I think is definitely the difference for me. You know, the difference that I feel now and what I can take out of social media, and there is so much good, is the fact that I'm not looking for external validation anymore. Yeah. You know, when I was on Facebook and, you know, what had happened to me with the overwhelming, you know, uh, amount of information coming at my nervous system, I wouldn't want to go back there. Yeah. Regardless of, you know. But the fact that I'm not looking for external validation anymore yeah. is a, a, a big reason why my experience with social media is completely yeah. different now. 
Yeah. You know? Oh, that makes so much sense. And that really is a, is a key point, you know, that when you're validating yourself internally, what you're going to be looking for outwardly is a lot different. But when you're looking for that outward validation, what you're giving to yourself is a lot different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it is that, that peace of mind. And, and I hear... I hear you loud and clear. You know, I'm a little explorer. I think we both said yeah. that we both are. Yeah. You know, we're both so into learning. We love learning. Um, we're constantly doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting distracted from so many things because we're like, let's learn about this. Let's learn about that. Um, you know, so when I look at social media and that aspect, I can learn so much. Yeah. You know, I'm going on there and I'm having a great experience because I'm learning. I'm learning something yeah. new every single day. When I go on and that is what my intention is and that is what I'm looking for, I have a great time. But if I'm going on social media, these past parts of myself, right? Yeah. If I'm going on social media and I'm looking for validation, I'm uh, going to find it in a pretty sick place. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, to, to tie things up, social media has its, you know, ups and its downs, its good points and its not so good points. Um, and it's all a matter of what you are looking for externally and, you know, how you go. Just remember, there's humans out there. There's other people that actually matter, that count, that are tangible. Yeah. Um, be kind. Be kind. Yeah. Be kind. I mean, if you ever need to be cruel, really take a look at yourself in the yeah. mirror. You know, cruelness does not cure cruelness. So if you really feel that there's cruel people out there, and there is, yeah. you know, you don't need to become one. Yeah. You know, it's a collective pain. Yeah. It's a collective pain. You know? And we do need to recognize that. Spread love, spread peace. Enjoy each other's company, not just if you're a thousand miles away on social media, but in person. Absolutely. You know, hold a hand, hug yeah. each other. Acceptance, intention, inspiration. Yeah. It's just some words to think. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> thank then... you so much again for joining us on the Sunday podcast. We appreciate you listening and taking part and um, hearing what we have to say. Yeah, I have no idea what we're going to speak about next week, but I know we have about 157 on the queue. So yeah. <laughs> stay tuned and we'll see you soon. Talk soon. Thank you for joining us. Jen and I look forward to sharing more of our healing journey with you.